this is Jim, and I am today talking to someone who does all the things. She is a writer, a graphic designer, a singer, a voice actor, and a living tempest of entertainment media. Ladies and gentlemen, the magnificent and mellifluous Starla Hutchton. Hello! <laughs> mellifluous. It is an accurate descriptor, I feel. <laughs> First off, I want to talk about the Endure series. It's very interesting what you're doing with genres here, and I actually am probably going to want to talk a little bit more about just genres in general in a little bit. But first off, for folks who are not familiar, tell us about this series. The Endure series is actually going to be a four-book series. Uh, it is science fiction romance. Um, I am not the first to do this, so I am not exactly a trailblazer here. It's been happening since, like, if you go to a website called thegalaxyexpress.net, it's a wonderful, wonderful blog. Um, all about science fiction romance and mm -hmm. geeky stuff in general. But, um, anyway, <laughs> there's actually a organized list of science fiction romance writers or people that could be put in that category today on this site beginning with, I think, 1910. And it started off with like two. <laughs> and then they add one more in 1920. And each year it just it built and built and built. And the growth didn't actually start like it didn't become really exponential until about the 1970s or 1980s. Uh, and then just the huge outpouring of work from that point on. Like if you look at the list from 1990 as compared to 1980, there's probably three times as many authors writing science fiction romance. And then you look again from comparing 1990, because it it's organized by decades, mm -hmm. comparing 1990 to 2000. And again, it's about triple maybe more. And already from 2010 until just a little over halfway through 2013, there's at least as many new names added on this list in science fiction romance as there were the previous decade, the entire previous decade. So we've got kind of an avalanche going on here. <laughs> it's, I think it's hit a turning point and people are still kind of hesitant about it. And I don't think, I think it's going to be like a, what happened with paranormal romances, like with Twilight going to take mm -hmm. that one book that's just going to blow the genre up. That isn't why I wrote what I wrote. I didn't actually even know sci-fi romance was a thing until I'd yeah. written the first book of the entire series and started doing market research, going, oh my god, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> I made a thing! <laughs> I made a thing and I don't know what to call it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a science fiction romance in a new adult vein. I say new adult vein because so much of new adult right now is like contemporary romance. And mine is not in any way contemporary. It's set 40 years in the future. It is not. <laughs> there's, there's no space in my sci-fi, but it is set huh? uh, under in a subaquatic UN military slash research station. My protagonist is a marine biochemist. She is a prodigy. Uh, she's a Nobel laureate, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> and the male lead, the romantic interest, is a tech guy, also a prodigy in his own right. They uncover bad stuff and have to stop bad guys. There's nothing that can bring you together like uh, <laughs> like, like, like saving the world. That's uh, pretty much a given. So it is a tetralogy. The, okay, the fourth book is not titled yet. No, it is not titled. So, I've only, I'm only about 5,000 words into it. So. Okay. Oh, yeah, you've got till what, February 27th, according <laughs> to this? <laughs> uh, yeah, 27th or 26th, something like that, yeah. yeah. I, okay. It's, it's a fire series. It's kind of, this whole thing has just been a giant experiment for me, kind of figuring out what works. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a rapid fire series. The books are about three months apart. Um, the first one came out, Maven came out June 3rd. Mm -hmm. um, but then I wanted to have the second one out before I went to Dragon Con. So that one comes out August 26th. It's called Nemesis. 
the third one will be out the end of November. Um, the third one is titled Progeny. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I said, I don't have a title for the fourth book yet, but uh, that one will be out the end of February. Awesome. Okay. Getting things out kind of on the sort of regular beats there and uh, for well, folks to... Yeah, it's, it's good because I didn't, I haven't had a full length novel work out since I did The Dreamer's Thread and that wrapped mm-hmm. up in, they started podcasting it in 2009. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it, it ended, you know, at the beginning of 2010. So, yeah, it's been a long time since I put out a long piece of fiction. So I've kind of been building up this yeah. again, back yeah, hey, Coming out with four at once. <laughs> well, and that's not, not, that's not even, you know, t- touching on the other things that I've got completed. Yeah, you, I've got a few other things in my A lot of talk. stuff on the... On the burners here, and I, I definitely actually want to touch on those too. But for right now, I just wanted to just talk a little bit more about Endure. You have a free preview of Maven up on Goodreads. The first six chapters are on Goodreads. They're also on Wattpad, so anybody can look at them and see if it's for them. So I, I was looking through it, and the thing that actually struck me, the thing I like about it is actually the same thing that I like about Nathan Lowell's stuff, which is that it's really, it's about the people. So that's very cool. As far as romantic sci-fi goes, what really separates it from regular sci-fi, would you say? Well, I really honestly think that it is the inclusion of the love aspect as far as human beings go. There was actually this wonderful uh, blog post that somebody in the SFR brigade wrote when this this whole women in sci-fi and fantasy thing blew up a while back. (laughs) And they said, without the romance, Dune was basically a story about worms. <laughs> now, that's, you know, debatable. There's probably still some story there. But without, uh, if you didn't have the whole, um, with the Duke and Jessica and what she did for love and, and how that forwarded the story and changed things and changed the entire universe, it, without that love aspect, you know, that story would have been a very, very different and probably less interesting thing. Um, But this this is what happens to people. They fall in love. They do things that when they fall in love, you know, that they they want to preserve that. They want to hang on to it. They want to fight for it. It's one of the most powerful motivators in the world. So I, I think it's unrealistic to exclude it from science fiction. Yet so many do. Growing up, I loved science fiction and fantasy. But I found so much of science fiction ended up, uh, it came off more like doctoral dissertations on, you know, faster yeah. than light travel. And it wasn't appealing for me because it was losing the human aspect of it. I, I wasn't connecting with the characters. And so I was, I, I withdrew from those books and, and gravitated far more to fantasy. Um, you know, it seems of kind of the point of fiction in general, really, is if you don't have characters that people can kind of attach to in some way, then you, you don't really have something people are going to be reading. Well, it, exactly. And and in, in science fiction, there's this sort of knee-jerk reaction, like, oh, don't include too many of the touchy-feely things, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. tear off all the men folk. <laughs> but I Girls are terrifying, don't you know this? <laughs> but it's not true. I, I, think, I think men want to read about these things just as much as women do. I know at least half the people that have read my book are male. You know, it's, it's kind of silly to suppose that qualifying something as romance is going to automatically turn off 
you know, half of the human population. And I mean, you know, I'm a guy, or at least I was when I last checked. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, and I definitely, from what I have read of the of the book, I'm definitely planning to buy the thing. So it's uh, it, it's worked at least uh, on 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 this individual level, if nothing else. Um, I also, I mean, it's in a way, I kind of wonder if there's even a need to separate it from sci-fi in general. You know, it, it's a story with people in it doing things. <laughs> Well, the, the you, aspect. you could make the same argument about, um, you know, do we separate romance and erotica? You know, they're, they're cousins, but, you know, there's some very distinct differences. The same thing, I think, holds true for science fiction romance. I mean, some people are going to be put off by the adult situations that are in it, you know, whereas yeah. they have no problem with people getting their arms ripped off or, you know, their heads blown apart. But you throw a little bit of that intimacy in there and suddenly it's like, oh, no, we can't go there. <laughs> So you think if Dune were written today that they'd have to put it in the sci-fi romance category? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, the content doesn't hit on certain expectations in romance. Okay. Being familiar with Dune and, and the rest of I haven't read all of them, but a good chunk yeah. of them. Being familiar with them, you know, I, there's, I don't think you could call them romance novels. There might be a little full prose, but <laughs> yeah. not, not in the way where you're describing the interaction of body parts. <laughs> ah, yeah. so, so I, I think it's what really defines romance and focusing on that emotional aspect of it yeah. so very much. I wouldn't necessarily shelve it with science fiction, but I don't think it's outside of people that like sci-fi would also like science fiction romance. There's a ton of science in my endorsers. Tons. Mm -hmm. You would not believe the research that I had to do for this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so there's something for everybody in it, I think. People that like science fiction are going to like the elements that that brings to the romance, and I think they would find the romantic entanglement angle of it intriguing. And in my series, you can't have one without the other. They're yeah. very, very codependent, and it doesn't really become clear until the third book. <laughs> but you eventually see that, oh, there wouldn't be a story here without this couple getting together. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah, and it's, I, I like that you've got a very solid context for everything that's going on. It's not, I think that some folks would think when they hear romance, they think, okay, it's just something that's going to have a thinly veiled excuse for two people to get it on. And this is not that. This yeah, is, this is an actual relationship between a couple of people who are working on a thing together. Yeah, they are and, working on a thing. They are talking through problems like people do. And, yeah. and that, that was a big thing for me. I had to make it look like a realistic relationship. Because I was in the military, and I, and I know what happens. I was in Iceland. I was stationed in Iceland for four years. Mm -hmm. It's like a little fishbowl. Oh. <laughs> you know, well, you can go outside, and, you know, other people can come in. But there's a very condensed population that you have to function within every day. You see the same people every day. You're working with the same people every day. So incorporating those kind of aspects into it and trying to make it feel the same way that it felt when I was 21, 22, and, you know, because I was mm -hmm. 21 and when I met my husband, you know, in Iceland and oh, okay. got married. And, and it, it's so, I, I wouldn't say it, this is anyway autobiographical, you know, not anywhere close. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but it, so, yeah, it's. I tried very, very hard to make it realistic and have them talk through problems like people do. Because in order for a relationship to be successful, there has to be communication. And yeah. that, that was a very important thing for me to include in these books. 
Very cool. Very cool. Well, I, I, I think it's uh, I think that that element is really going to be the thing that makes this work as important as I suspect it may become, if that makes any sense. <laughs> um, I think it is going to be important for people to read things of this nature so that they can actually see how these things integrate. And, you know, the, the idea that hey, normal human behavior is not necessarily a bad thing, because for some reason there is this the clutch of folk out there who are determined to do everything but. Uh, well, well, I mean, the same could be said about romance readers. A lot of the people that I've contacted for like my blog tours and cover reveals, it's been a concerted effort, a one-on-one conversation between me and this person convincing them to give Maven a chance because so many romance readers, they see that science fiction before the romance and they go, ooh, like space and aliens and tentacles yeah. and stuff. And that's not, I don't have anything like that in my book. And what I've been having to convince people of is that it's still about the relationship. And the setting is very, I I think it's an excellent step for people that, you know, are hesitant to try science fiction um, that might think it's not for them. Uh, It's it's a good step in between paranormal romance and actual, like, hard science fiction, which I'm I'm not anywhere near hard science fiction. I tried very, very, very hard to be accessible with the science. Mm -hmm. So anybody that's sat through a high school science class or has ever used the Internet will have an excellent grasp of what's going on in the story and can completely understand it. And that's what I've been finding with a lot of these reviewers, that once I get them to try it, which is the hard part, you know, they're really enjoying the story and and totally get it. Well, I think it's good to sort of encouraging people to to dip their toes in the water, as it were. The blending of the genres is working really nicely, I think, in this, and so I think that's going to be very, very cool. And actually, speaking of the things that are happening with genres nowadays, um, <laughs> he says uh, awkwardly segueing. Um, <laughs> here, let's hang a lampshade on it, shall we? Excellent. There is a regular chat you've been participating in on Twitter on a weekly basis about new adult. You seem very interested in the new adult genre. Would that be a fair uh, assessment? Well, I am, um, because that is where the Endure series falls, but... New adult is not a genre. New adult is a category, much like um, okay. is. Uh, it is a specific age range, I guess, is, is the target. Um, usually okay. protagonists are between 18 and 25. But what really makes something new adult is that it is the first step out of adolescence, out of that YA world, away from parents. So things like figuring out what it is you want to be, who you are, first real, real relationships that go beyond that whole first boyfriend, things like that. Um, First serious Mm -hmm. relationships and figuring out how that works. It's about finding your place in the world and getting those first experiences as you come into it. That's part of what the New Adult Lit Chat does. And so when people see me tweet about this, you know, I get a lot of, oh, what is, what is NA Lit Chat? What what is this? And so then I have to explain it to them. So it's outreach educational (laughs) for me on top of it. That's cool. Well, you see, it's funny because I talk to a number of people who are uh, trying to become writers or interested in becoming writers, and uh, they're working on that, or, or new writers, basically. And some of the folks I was talking to were talking about New Adult, and they it seems like one of those new exciting things that at least we, and when I mean we, I mean myself and people in this circle, oh, new writers, are thinking, we were thinking it was a genre. So it's actually a category that can contain multiple genres, then. Yes. Is that... Uh, like YA can be magical fantasy. Yeah. YA can be contemporary 
YA can be, you know, whatever it can be. Okay. Anything that could be an adult category, you could have that in the new adult as well. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So it, it, new adult can be anything, but just right now there's a proliferation of the contemporary romance. So that's what people have been associating with. Yeah. But it's basically, and as I continue to give my uh, bulldozer interpretations of these things until I can manage to hit the mark. So it's basically something where typically you'd have characters that are in, say, you know, late teens, early 20s, that kind of thing. Yeah, but they usually aim for 18 to 25. Sometimes it can border on like 17, getting away from like the high school age. You know, you see yeah. a lot of, you know, people going into college or you know, going into the military, which is kind of where the Endure series falls. Although, like I said, it's kind of an outlier because my characters are prodigies and have been working in their chosen fields for a while. But yeah, so it's life outside of high school and what happens when you start to become an adult. Cool. It's funny because what I had been thinking a lot initially is that, wow, there's a lot of weird stuff happening with genre right now. But as it turns out, just in this short time that I've spoken with you, I have learned that the sci-fi romance genre has been around for a considerable amount of time, so it's not necessarily a new thing, just a lot of uh, newer interest. And new adult is itself a category of genres. So perhaps this query that I had initially about the whole what's up with genres today thing is not quite as relevant as I thought it was. Um, Well, it actually is still a relevant question. You were talking about genre mashups and everything, and I, I had a really interesting discussion on a different podcast, the Writer's Roundtable podcast, a few weeks yes. ago, about genres and the supposed death of cyberpunk and how you know some of that is changing. So it's, yeah. not, it's not that it's not a relevant topic. It definitely is, and there definitely is conversation surrounding that as well. But I think when, you, when you're talking, you know, specifically, like, and this is good that you're asking these questions, you know, about oh, yeah. adult and about um, oh, sci-fi sure. romance, because so many people don't know what it is or that this other thing exists. I mean, like I said, yeah. I didn't know sci-fi romance was a thing until I had written one. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you are. You know, it's basically it's... Uh, it's all about you, education, you, man. You, you do stuff until someone explains to you what you're doing. Uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's totally cool. So basically, I, I guess then what I should say more properly is that this change of genres is not necessarily as relevant, shall we say, to the things that we've been specifically discussing thus far. But what I do still want to ask you, since we have found ourselves wandering onto the topic, we have a lot of things that are happening in genre. We have, we we're talking about the mashups. Steampunk is being attached onto everything. Uh, you're talking about cyberpunk. I actually heard that podcast, and I found it very interesting. As, uh, there were basically different takes on where is it? Has it gone away? Has it just merged? into everything else. And lately what I've noticed is that you've got a lot of subgenres of subgenres kind of coming out where you have... Smaller and smaller boxes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but you have kind of the microscope is zooming in further and further on things like, say, you had horror for a while, and then after that you had things specifically just about vampires, and now you've got things about specific types of vampires... And so I guess what I'm just sort of seeing is there a lot of very individual zooming in going on. Do you think things are going kind of that way in general, or is I, there I, a... I think that's true, and I think that has a lot to do with the ability and the ease of self-publishing. Um, there's just so many more books out there now, and these smaller boxes are a way for people to find... There's actually two sides to this coin. It's mm-hmm. an excellent way for people to find, like, if they liked this thing... Oh, this other thing is in the same box. So chances are I'll probably like this thing, too. Yeah. The flip side of that is that people stick themselves in these boxes, and people are creatures of habit. 
so yeah. it's hard for them to get outside of these boxes, you know, unless they're forced or do like me and send all these tweets and email conversations <laughs> about, you should really give this a shot. You might like it, you know? Yeah. I, I like to, uh, I think in one blog post, I actually put something, I attributed it, I, I kind of made a correlation between my book and somebody who's never had chocolate, never seen chocolate, doesn't know what it is. I mean, if you look at chocolate, like it's just sitting there by itself, it doesn't look very appetizing, you know, it's kind of, it can kind of melt. Strange dark brown substance. Yeah, dark brown. A little and, scared. Yeah, it's like, I don't, I don't know what that is, you know, how, how do I yeah. know that I'm going to like that? Well, at some point you tried chocolate <laughs> and you found out yeah. chocolate's pretty dang awesome. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that everybody, as many people that like chocolate are going to like, you know, Maven. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've established it now. Maven is the chocolate of literature. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not putting myself on par with chocolate, but you you can kind of see the <laughs> the analogy and some <laughs> it made sense to me anyway. <laughs> well, it's got to be a pretty close race at least, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you might need chocolate after reading the book, but <laughs> well, there you are. It's, uh, it's, they're designed to work together. They are uh, they are synchronous. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what is the word I'm looking for? Something about Bluetooth. All right, never mind. <laughs> uh, but no, very cool, very cool. You see, now now that we've started talking about chocolate, I have forgotten the... Uh, there was another little avenue I was going to wander the, down. The, the, the smaller boxes. Sorry. Yes, yes, boxes, yes. And that reminds me, though, that I saw from you the other day the most awesome of quotes that, if you do not mind, I wish to share here now, and that is, damn the boxes, I make my own box. that <laughs> Yes. I, was, I was actually referring to the new project that I'm working on with that particular tweet. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, tell us of this project. So I went to a convention, a writer's conference uh, called Utopia, the end of June. It's a convention for writers, readers, bloggers that are interested in young adult and new adult fiction. So I had to be talked into this, and then there was this planetary alignment, and because my husband's deployed, I didn't think I was going to mm-hmm. be able to go, so I didn't even consider uh-huh. it. And then things just happened, and I was able to go. So as I was driving from, because I was down at my mother's house in Florida, and as I was driving from Tampa up to Nashville for this conference, I had this brainstorm, like the whole 10-hour drive, and then again from leaving Nashville, coming back here to Virginia, the story percolated in my brain so concretely that I came home and wrote two full book synopses on a new project, <laughs> which I, I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm a panther. I don't do this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> it is a new adult superhero romance. So yeah, I'm making my own boxes here. <laughs> Very cool. Very it is cool. straight up comic book style, like origin story stuff. I'm so in love with this new project. You have no idea. Uh, as soon as I wrote the synopsis, I figured, okay, I'll just get it out of my system. I'll put it in my writing cookie jar and I'll be done with it. No, that's that not how it worked. <laughs> it, uh, it wouldn't leave you alone, would you know, it? It wouldn't leave me alone. And it just kept, you know, nagging at me nonstop. I'm like, I have book four to write. I have to do that. And, and it said, no, superheroes. So, so yeah, I uh, sat down and in 23 days, I cranked out 80,000 words. <laughs> book one. Damn. <laughs> and as of right now, so we're looking at a month and a half after Utopia, as of this moment, I am at 57,385 words on book two. <laughs> that is awesome. So, and, and I, I, there's going to be a third, um, which I think I'm going to put aside for the moment. The super heroes need to leave me alone for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> 
They're <laughs> flying out outside your window, knocking on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's it, and it's straight science type superheroes. These are people that have been treated genetically in a very specific facility. They apply to get into this program, and you know, there, there's other things happen. But it's basically it's told from the point of view of a female main character, and it's her journey in becoming a superhero. Um, it's something she's wanted to do for five years. And I mean, she's obsessed with comic books. She collects trading cards and you know, straight up geek. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> and she knows what she wants. And uh, she, she is going to become a superhero. You know, her cousin has already entered into this program and she's dead set on doing that. And so, like I said, this is her journey in who she becomes and what happens to her. And a big part of this is coming to the realization that reading comic books and getting that, oh, you, you know, the whole with great power comes great yeah. responsibility. Understanding that concept and experiencing it are very, very different things. It's after high school and it's her finding her place in the world. So that automatically puts it right smack in the new adult category. But it has a much younger voice than the Endure series does because she's only 18 when the story starts, like a few months out of high school. So she's still kind of got mm -hmm. that adolescent mentality, but she's coming out of that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's very, very much new adults. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Very much looking forward to seeing when that emerges. So best of luck in the finishing up of that. We have hung on for quite a while here, so I'm going to let you go in just a moment. But is there anything else you wanted to talk about that you've got going on? Well, I'm still doing book covers. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I've seen a good deal of your work. It's awesome stuff. It's a funny thing, actually. In one of the writer circles that I go to, once a month, there is a thing where we merge with another group, which is a kind of a Q&A with a published author. And usually it is about a set topic. But what will happen nine times out of ten is that regardless of what the actual topic is, sooner or later, somebody is going to ask, what should I do uh, about getting a book cover? And so what I usually try to do is afterward, I will go around to these people and I will say, well, you know, there's this site you should check out. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I have been attempting to push you to these new writer folk. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, I give you some of my business cards when I see it at Dragon Con. Yeah. That awesome. Easy. <laughs> but uh, you do really good work, and I think folks should check that out. And where should people go if they want to check that out? Uh, if they want to find out, uh, if they want to see my portfolio and learn about some of the things I've designed, they can go to designedbystarla.com. And all of the work that has been revealed or published, that's posted there. I don't publish anything until the author has put it out themselves. So I have projects that are finished that nobody has seen yet. If they want to find out about my writing or my voice or anything like that, they can go to Starla Hutchton, H-U-C-H-T-O-N dot com. And uh, that's got all my stuff there. And, and I'm posting, I'm doing my teaser Tuesdays right now. So I've got little snippets from book two that I'm posting every Tuesday. Um, good stuff there. So there's one more. And then I think, oh my goodness, Nemesis comes out next week. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> What? Excellent. <laughs> and that is, again, August 26th yes. that Nemesis is coming out. And where should folks go to look for that? When that goes live, it will be on Smashwords. It will be on Amazon. It will be on Barnes & Noble. They'll be able to get the print version as well as ebook version. I've already got that uploaded and just waiting to hit publish on that sucker. <laughs> I'm actually, I've, I've got my, my proof copy still coming to me, so I have to make sure it's okay. Okay, yeah. Then, you yeah. Know, yeah. 
as soon as I look at that, I'll be hitting upload, and that'll be available to order. So through Smashwords, it will eventually be on iBooks and all of that other stuff. So it'll be everywhere, pretty much. Very cool. Well, was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we seal this thing and throw it out onto the interweb? <laughs> I'm sorry. I rambled. <laughs> no, no. Goodness, no. I actually want to thank you for being so very patient with my ignorance about a lot of topics. And, uh, no, no, and, no, no, no. This is, this is nothing. I've, I've been having conversations with people where I'm having to talk them through the space-time continuum lately, so yeah. this, this, this is nothing. <laughs> this is easy. And I, I, I very much appreciate you're taking the time to educate me about a lot of these things because I, I just th- these are just things that I had kind of heard about in a rather vague manner as one does on the interwebs and I thought you know damn it I need to actually just get her online and talk to her <laughs> <laughs> well if you find are, out what these are, things are if people are more curious about the new adult category there's an excellent resource in naalley.com they're the ones that do the NA Lit Chat every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. So people can pop into the chat there and see what's going on. But NA Alley is an excellent resource. There's a whole post there that's an excellent definition and kind of a roundabout idea of what new adult is and what it can be there. There's also like forums. This month they're doing Camp NA. Different topics. I was actually on the, the audio portion of it two weeks ago, I think. Awesome. Different stuff. So that was fun. So, yeah, that's an excellent resource if people are curious about the new adult category and want to learn more. Um, Very cool. Can we say your Twitter handle here? Sure. My Twitter handle is Risen Phoenix. That is R-I-Z-N-P-H-N-X. And that's me on Twitter. Awesome. Well, I will be throwing all of the links of the various wonderful things that we've been talking about into the show notes. Thank you so much for coming and talking to us. You are so welcome. <laughs>